Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of the Top 250 Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Kane, And today, our film was uh, nominated and won a couple of Oscars. It was uh, released overseas in 1997, came out in the States in uh, 1998. And uh, that film is, of course, Life is Beautiful. And making her podcast debut, I have my mother-in-law, Judith, with me. Judith, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. Now, I've never asked you this. Are, are you big into podcasts? Do you, do you listen to them often? I actually do. I actually do. I like um, some of them with inspirational, the, the ones that are over the fitness. And I'm um, getting to the movies. So I love them. Oh yeah, I uh, I really got into them like five years ago. There's like a podcast on everything now, and oh, everything. Yes, it's it's perfect to to listen to one on a commute to work or whatever. That's exactly right. Yep. Well, I'm excited to have you on because I know how much of a movie lover you are. Um, I was so pumped when you came to visit us. Um. I remember, I had no idea where the original Ghostbusters firehouse was until you made us go on that uh, New York City uh, landmark movie tour. tour. Yeah. That, that was so much fun. Yeah, so many different spots I had no idea. That, that we had there, yes. Oh, my God, yes. I'm, I'm such a movie buff. I love it. Yeah. Um, so... Our movie's Life is Beautiful. Um, I just watched it for the first time this weekend. little embarrassed to say that. Um, since uh, I went to film school and everything, I uh, really had uh, no idea what to expect because I, I never saw a preview for the movie or anything. I, I really only just saw the movie poster whenever I visited the uh, IMDb page um, for this movie. Now... When, when did you first see it? I actually saw when it came out here in theaters. It oh. had to be 1998. Oh, when wow. I, before, before the Oscars, yes, I actually saw it oh, in movie theaters. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I love having mm. people on who, who saw the movie right when it came out in theaters. Um, oh, my gosh. We saw it, and as soon as we walked out of the movie theater, I actually knew. I said, this movie has to win an Oscar. It's such a phenomenal movie. It has to win. So, yeah, I, I was just drawn in. Since then, I have watched this movie so many times. And every time it's the same. I cry. I love it. <laughs> or I discover new quotes that I love. So it's just a wonderful movie. Yeah, and there was so much competition that year at the Oscars. Um, I think Saving Private Ryan also came out that year. That year, yeah, there were yeah. excellent movies that yeah. year. Shakespeare in Love was another one. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so much competition, but this this has really uh, been uh, one of the ones that's been remembered the most from that time period. Um, but yeah, I, I just saw it for the first time. I was so late. I had really no idea what to expect. Um, right. So I... I, I think it's fair to say you can divide this movie into two parts. It's Oh, absolutely. It's a it's a bit unconventional to um other films, but uh I, I guess I was really thrown off by the first half because yes. I, I was like, "Wait, what? I thought this 
uh, like 20 minutes in, I was like, wait, I thought this had the Holocaust in it. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed the first half a lot. Uh, it was very whimsical, um, and it, it, it was very different from other comedies that came out in the 1990s. Like, it's, it's not really the, the type of comedy you would see in a, American theaters, at least. Um, not even, like, talking about mixing comedy with, uh, traumatic traumatic history yeah Yeah, and i think what it make it so special even now it's that the first part like you said is actually yes it's two parts the first part is describing who this person is kiddo the father um and just giving him a sense of who he is so you understand what he does in the second part of the movie but yes he's always positive and he tries to see even in a negative in the beginning and the first, like, like I said, the first part, um, attacks. I don't know if you remember a part where he's talking to his son and they're walking on the street and he, the son asks him, why do we have, a, why there's a sign in this store where it says no Jews or dogs? And he said, oh, it's okay. Everybody put signs. And I saw the other day one that says, I guess no penguins or dinosaurs and something else. And from now on, we can put a sign because the boy says, but we don't have a sign in our store. They have a bookstore. And the father said, okay, so what what things do you don't like? And he goes, spiders. Okay, so we'll put a sign. No spiders allowed in our store. (laughs) Things like that. So he made it so positive and funny in a dark environment. Yeah, it's so remarkable how... um the lengths he would go just to protect his his son's innocence especially in such a dark time i think that's it's really important um so i i think the first half i i would say is it's more of guido's story and then even though we have guido um in a lot of the second half i think it's it's more josue's um story in the second right. half, uh, he's even narrating at the end of the movie. That's right. Everything that happened. Um, I just, I, it's so important. I feel like to to protect the the innocence of of a kid, and it may may seem a little unrealistic, but to to be you know this upbeat, try and you know. Uh, lift a child's spirits in such a spirit and never never show that he was scared and he knew especially when they're in the train Mm. um when he said oh what a wonderful ride you're gonna have so much fun and uh, josue says but but there's no seats oh of course there's no seat we have to be in here and we're all gonna be all cramped up and it's so much fun (laughs) and when josue falls asleep he has the the uncle yeah, I think it's the uncle. Where are they taking us? And they don't know. But as soon as uh, Joshua wakes up, there's a smile. A smile like you never see the father showing the son that he's worried, that he's afraid. Because he's really afraid. But no, he created this fantasy for this little boy that, that is remarkable. Yeah, you, you just really couldn't break uh, Guido's spirit at all. And... Nothing. Nothing. And the mother in the second part when she decides to go into the train, oh, she didn't have man. to go. 
Wasn't that amazing? That that was incredible. That was, I think that was the first scene where w- we just kind of saw her perspective of things. Like all the other That's scenes right. was more with Guido and her. Right. But this is where we really um, see the kind of character she is. And True, true. Because at the beginning, like the first part you see, I mean, she was, we'll say like aristocrat, mm-hmm. rich, and she decided to leave all that to marry Widow. And now we see it again in, when she takes the train. She's leaving everything. She's doing everything for her family, her husband, and her ch- the boy, mm-hmm. Joshua. Yeah. It's... um. Yeah, it's 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 very powerful. Right. The days, every day when they are now in the concentration camp, when he has to go to work, the amount of work, of course, we can, I mean, I can't imagine what it was like to be in in a place like that. But then come back to the bunker to see the boy and have a smile and said, oh, we did hash caps today and we ran and we kept building the, the... tank uh, that we're going to win and creating all these stories. And um, I don't know if you remember, but seeing all the, I guess, people that are in that same bunker with them, just looking at them like, you are so crazy. But hey, <laughs> whatever. Because <laughs> all the fantasies. Like he's doing, and the boy is just believing everything. Yeah. Everything. Not realizing where they are and what they're doing to them outside. It's just crazy. What about, did you like the scene when they first arrive and the German soldiers get into the room to explain, I guess, the rules of the concentration camp? Oh. And of course, he, does, he doesn't speak German. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Just, oh my God, just to put the rules of the game for the boy. Oh my God. And like I said, that's the humor in such a dark circumstances. And yet he made it pleasant. For his son. Yeah, and you can really tell how how uh, scared Guido is before he goes up and yes. does it. <laughs> and I love how he raises his hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, I I really got to do this now. I, okay. But I mean, the, the way he he does a translation, it is so funny. Of course, I'm pretty sure they're saying things like, "Don't run" or "Don't try to escape" or "Don't do this." And he's just like, okay, don't ask for your mama. And don't ask for more bread because there's no bread. And don't ask for jelly. It's like, oh, my God, that is so funny. Yeah. So Joshua could relate. said, okay, I, I won't do that if I want to win the tank. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, my God. That was such a funny scene. And I really mm-hmm. liked the other scene uh, in the first half where um, – they, I, he was uh, at some kind of meeting with children, and he had to explain why um, the Italians were the the best race. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and he's, in the belly button. <laughs> oh yeah, he's basically just being sarcastic during the whole thing. Yeah. Say like, yeah. look at our ears. Oh my goodness, and our legs. <laughs> Yes, because he, he takes over, like the role of um, I guess somebody from school, like a school director that was going to do, like an evaluation. But since he wanted to see Dora, like oh, this is my chance. But <laughs> that's right. That, that was great. 
And then before that, they uh, they were in a restaurant, and uh, you know, Guido's the server, and uh, the kitchen was closed, but um, that that general walked in and wanted food. And Guido didn't want to serve him. Then the guy was like, well, you're going to get a good tip. So Guido's like, okay, the kitchen's open. Okay, that's right. And then... He describes all that fatty food. <laughs> yep. And then a little bit of uh, reverse psychology with um, with psyching out the general, suggesting uh, all this disgusting food. <laughs> but then on... There's a there's a table next to him with a with a doctor who's obsessed with riddles, super random, but it it comes into play later in the movie. Um, yes, and uh, he he's he's just so focused on his riddles, he doesn't even want to touch his food. And uh, and yeah, Guido's able to convince his general to take uh, the exact same order that this doctor got. <laughs> That's right. You're telling him, uh, oh, what? You don't want the very, very fried mushrooms? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, no. <laughs> He's like, he was, I'll take the fish. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the salmon. That's fine. Yeah. That, yeah, but oh, that that doctor with the riddles, you, you're right. It has actually a, a very important role at the end of the movie. To me, very disappointing. But I thought I was not going to see him again when he leaves the hotel. But what a surprise! Yeah, that he gets into play. That that's true. Yeah, and he was just still so obsessed with riddles. <laughs> even that he couldn't see. You're absolutely right. He couldn't see even what was in front of him. Yeah. I mean, poor widow. He was expecting to be saved by this doctor when he's like, "I need to talk to you. Let's meet. Let's do this." And he's like, "Great. He's gonna help my thinking." But no, he's such a still obsessed with. One riddle that he it just his mind cannot focus on anything but the riddles. Kind of random how obsessed he is with <laughs> riddles, but it's just it's kind of the whimsical nature right, of uh, the right. movie. Even though what it's, was your favorite part? Um, I I really liked the uh, that restaurant scene I was just talking uh-huh. about with uh, the food. Definitely, um, the beginning was really funny as well with the right, with the car. Right. Well, with a little um coincidence i guess or uh i don't know if you remember a part where he's walking i guess with a friend or cousin and somebody's like maria the key throwing the keys from a balcony and that's the way that he's like i'm a magician if i can ask ask the virgin mary and she will send me a key and little things like that or the man with the hat oh my god he's just so clever yeah the way he actually he conquers um his wife with all those little whimsical things that he he did. Now, a, a lot of people relate uh, Roberto uh, Benini's performance to uh, something like uh, Charlie Chaplin might have done. Have you ever seen mm-hmm. a, a Chaplin movie? Actually, yes, but it's been at least gosh, 35 years that it hasn't an actual film by him. And yeah, I, I Actually, could say there's some similarities. Yeah, with the with the physical comedy. With the physical comedy, yes. Yeah, I've never seen a, a Chaplin movie. I've seen clips, of course, um, right. but I've never seen a Chaplin movie all the way through. It's actually all the way through. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's a few of them on the top 250 list. So eventually, I'll I'll see we'll a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, 
but um, that the humor, uh, especially in the first half of the movie, um, it reminds me of this this older movie. It's kind of obscure. Um, it it's called the uh, the horse's mouth. It's a British comedy film from uh, the late nineteen fifties. It uh, stars Alec Guinness, who okay. he was actually um, Obi Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars. But it 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 seemed like it took place in uh, the same type of world we were seeing in the first half of uh, this movie. To the point to be silly, but it, it's funny. Yeah. Different. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was really like a callback to uh, comedies of, like, uh, the golden era of uh, of Hollywood, I'd say. Right, right. Except, uh, of course, they weren't incorporating, um, you know, events like uh, the Holocaust. It, it is a, a very um, dark part of history, the world history. And the way this movie, Life is Beautiful, even when he is talking in the movie about the bath, luckily, the Joshua, they like to take baths, but that's what it saves him, yeah. thinking that, he, that he's going to take a bath and is actually gassing them. And it's just like, how do you combine the comedy or something silly with something so horrible? But he managed to do it in this movie. Yeah. The film is really assuming um, a lot from the viewer, assuming that we uh, we are aware of what happened, everything oh, that happened. that we right. don't need to really see this stuff. Um, right. But for someone who's unfamiliar with uh, what occurred during the Holocaust, um, right, just the the danger that the Jewish prisoners were in during this time period, it, it might not have been as clear what was happening. Right. Um, I had to watch the movie Schindler's List um, mm-hmm. for for uh, the podcast. It's I think it's number six on the okay. top two fifty right now. Um, and th- that was I I was avoiding that movie for years. I uh, mm-hmm. I I I have heard what went down in it um, vaguely, but you know seeing actual images of uh powerful yes it, oh yes it, oh my goodness it's uh it it was very tough to watch um mm-hmm. and um i think there there's definitely some scenes where you know i i when i picture the holocaust now i i immediately um imagine the the world presented to us in Schindler's list basically because it was the first real visual uh medium that I saw of it before I okay. just heard about it in you know history books um reading articles online and right. um there was just i there were there were scenes where I was just like oh man i I think I think they're they're showing a little too much compassion for um for what it really happened yeah um mm-hmm. but um i mean spoiler alert I, this movie's over 20 years old so if you haven't seen it by now guys you know um but uh at the end uh, guido is of course shot by an ss officer and um i i i wasn't 
honestly sure if he was going to end up dying in this movie. I actually, yeah, I'm in the same boat because even when he's walking to his death, he is fooling around, mm-hmm. making, you know, the, the like you said, the body comic uh, for the sun, and the sun is just smiling without realizing that he's walking to his death. And I, for a moment, I said, no, he cannot die. It is not possible. But like you said, spoiler, he does. Oh, my God, my heart breaks. Just, and you know what? I thought if the movie ends like that, it's a sad movie, it's a story. But what comes after that, to me, is the most powerful thing of the whole movie. When um, Joshua comes out of the hiding place, and it's just so quiet, there's nothing, and then he keeps hearing a sound, and oh my gosh, there's his tank, yeah. the tank that he was just supposedly playing to win, it's just, how how that came about is just incredible to me. Yeah, that that's, that's a real um, tearjerker of a scene, um, definitely. Um, I know in my high school, um, there were a lot of uh, people who got emotional watching it. Um, it. It wasn't one of my classes. They they said like most of the class was uh, was crying. <laughs> was right. movie, like people you wouldn't expect to to cry. Right, yeah. right. Because like you say, if you the first um, half, like you said, yeah, you you really don't know. And actually, I didn't know what to expect after. Watch and said, okay, so I thought, like you, I thought it was a Holocaust, I thought it was going to be sad, that this is actually funny. But that it's a good introduction for what it, like, to the end, to why all these things happen and the way they happen. So, oh, yes, just seeing Joshua inside the tank with all the American soldiers, it's just so, oh, you just want to just grab your tissue and your your tears but it's it's amazing yeah and and going back to to when uh guido was um about to get killed i guess i i didn't think he was going to die because i'm just picturing this world in in schindler's list and i thought look if if this officer wanted him dead he probably wouldn't even show you know the decency to do it out of sight of others. He would probably right. He just would probably right just do it right there. Um, I I thinking about this more. I wonder what Guido's father was like. I bet he was just like Guido. I think <laughs> the so. The way the way think so. he raised them, and then you know I'm sure Josue is going to be the same way. I mean the same way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember going back to the first part, the uncle, you know, they got him the job in the hotel. He was just so patient and understanding. But I mean, when they paint the horse, you know, green, the uncle was just so disappointed. But we're like, don't worry, don't worry, it's okay. So something's going on, something bad is happening. And widow said, what are they going to do to me? Just take my clothes off and pay me yellow and said that I'm a Jew, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. It's just trying to, always trying to see there would be worse things. And even though he was in a very, very awful place, 
he kept just thinking or imagining better things for his son. Mm -hmm. Very well done, I'd say. Did did you see any of the um the Oscar coverage? When oh, absolutely! I oh my gosh, I was glued to that too. To see him win, oh I was my like, god, I was just clapping and. I don't know if you have seen clips of him. But I I did. He stood up. <laughs> he stood on the seats. On the seats and on people. He's just walking towards, like, people's shoulders all the way to the stage. It was. I mean, he really was so excited. And it's just like seeing Widow there with Roberto Benigni right there. He. I mean, he couldn't contain himself, and he was so genuine that he was so happy. So I guess everybody celebrated with him. So I was home, I was clapping, and like, oh my God, he won. So exciting. But I did. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. And I remember, look, who is Sophia Loren was who presented the award. So oh. it was perfect. Two Italians right there. Yeah. Yeah, she was so happy to see him win. Mm -hmm. You could tell. Yeah, I just, I finally saw that clip. I, I think I might have seen it beforehand, but I, I watched the, the full uh, acceptance speech this time. Oh, okay. And, and, it was uh, wonderful. And I think he he had another speech as well, and he's like, oh, no, I used up all my English in the first English. speech. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he there's he's done so many movies, Roberto Benigni, and um, I, I really didn't know about him until doing more research on this movie. I had kind of looked at his filmography, and... He's been in movies since the seventies. Oh wow! See, and I don't know much about him except for this movie, and because I said I have enjoyed it, and I'm still enjoying it. And if they, I said, if it comes in movie theaters again for a release, I will go because I love it. Um, also, to me, it's a good um, message of um, how do you react to the situation that you're living in. Mm -hmm. It really depends on on you. You want to be like stuck or always just focusing on the bad, bad, bad. Or you can focus something better. And that's what Widow did, pretty much. Just like I said, the whole movie itself, it's beautiful. Just like the title. Yeah. Uh, the, the ending when he's finally, as a grown man, saying, and this is what my father did for me. Also, so that's very touching. And when he discovers, well, he's in, inside the tank with the soldiers and sees his mom. And then when he runs to the mom and says, we did it, we won, it was it, it was true, it was all true, we won the tank. Oh my goodness, it is, to me that's, that closes the movie so well. But it also says, this is what my father did for me. He, he did all this to for me to avoid to see where I was. So um, I wonder if this is a true story. I haven't even, I know it was part of a book, but I'm not sure if that Joshua or the father were actually real people. Yeah, so it is based on a book, and um, it's that, and Roberto uh, Benigni's father was actually um, a Holocaust prisoner. Now, okay. Roberto wasn't... Um, born at the time he is he was born 1952 so this would have okay he was past this, a year right okay. yeah but um i think apparently his father would would use humor 
during difficult times. Difficult times. Mm-hmm. So I think that was um, probably one of the the biggest motivating factors for Benini to want to produce this movie. Well, he did an excellent job. Like I said, he still, to me, is going to be the, one of the classics movies in history. This is such a great, great movie. It's it's so true. It's it's really hard for even like older movies from the '90s to to hold up this high on the top right. 250 list. I mean, right. A lot of a lot of movies like in the past 20 years, I've seen them lower on the list, and over time, the next generation kind of votes them off. You know, but right, and but, they're they're forgotten. But yet this one, still holding on. Yep. It's, so I'm uh, glad that you were able to watch it. Yeah, it it was it was one of the only ones on the list that I hadn't even seen clips of. Clips of it. Uh, it was long overdue, and I'm I'm so glad I watched it. Good. Well, Judith, thank you so much for talking about this with me. It's uh, it's so cool that you got to see this in theaters. Yes, it was so much fun, and thank you for inviting me. That was great. Of course. <laughs>